Lions fans. This is the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where the Kool-Aid runs blue. Faces turn red. And rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, now, two guys who sip a beer faster than Aaron Rodgers chugs one. Chris and the Riz. Hey, hi ho Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast episode. 383 what's in the cards for the lions this is the official detroit lions podcast for reddit i am your dashing host chris and with me is my very good friend and very close co-host jeff the riz risden how are you doing my man i am frustrated that i have not used that cards pun once this week yet oh, dang it plenty you, of time you, left. you beat me to the punch <laughs> that's awesome uh, i now now i'm trying to figure out all the different ways i can shuffle that into the deck oh don't worry there's at least 52 <laughs> Um, All right, well, let's see. we got a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk about the Broncos game. We'll do a quick review of that. Uh, We have an injury report. Uh, We will do an update on St. Jude. We'll start off with that when we get kicked off. It's it's huge. It's a a big one there, and thank you, everyone, already. I'll just start with that. We're going to look ahead to the cards. Have a little bit of talk about drafting a quarterback. This will be interesting, and I think we'll uh, have some really interesting points for you folks to think about. Got all that and a whole lot more. Great show lined up. Riz, are you ready to go, my man? Oh, let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right. As you can see in the top right, if you're a YouTube watcher right now, you'll see a really big number up there. That's $31,470.38. <laughs> That's not everything. Uh, we just concluded Wait, the auction. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Just concluded the auction. I have a stack of boxes packed up, addressed to my left. I'm going to try to get these out today. If not, it'll be tomorrow. Uh, a lot going on here to as we get going. So it'll be either today, tomorrow. Those things will go out, and they will be there by uh, the time you need to put them under the tree. So you guys are good to go there. Really, really good stuff. But with the auction, everything all in, 38000 $230 and 16 cents and 16 came back at us 38,000 wow. over $38,000 for St. Jude. And I just want to thank every one of you. That's incredible. That. It's thank it's, you all. Uh, and thank you all so much for that. That brings our total for three years. You ready for this? In three years of doing this. We're at $65,871 and 85 cents. It's almost 66 grand. I, I can't even count that high. That's 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 astonishing. That is that's like like wow. Yeah. Uh, Chris, you deserve so much credit for spearheading all this and, and organizing it and getting everything together. Uh, it, it's fantastic that that you know I'm able to contribute in some small way. But do you you deserve all the credit for this for for making this happen for all the kids at St. Jude's. So uh, on behalf of the rest of us from from. Uh, from everywhere, but especially the Detroit Lions podcast and the, the Patreon Slack and everything. Thank you so much for doing this. It's 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 really really cool that you do it. Well, thank you, thank you. I'm 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 just a connector guy. I'm a facilitator. You folks all did it. You're the ones who who opened the wallets and then did it. And I'm I'm just proud of the 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 folks, the Slack, the the listeners, everybody who takes part in the show. I mean, everyone I've met has been just such a fantastic person. Um, 
except that one guy on Twitter who I talked about slapping sailors' dicks out of his mouth. But other than that, everybody I've met has been absolutely (laughs) fantastic and fabulous. And I just want to thank all of you for taking part. You guys are awesome, awesome for doing this. So, all right, let's get into it. Let's talk about the game against the Broncos. I know a lot of people, I I don't even know that a lot of people want to forget the game because it just felt kind of like, eh. We expected this. It was nothing to be mad about. It was just like, eh. I mean, when you have that many people out with be it injuries or COVID, I mean, it was very expected, and it played out kind of as we expected. I, I actually thought the first half was kind of fun. Uh, the the yeah, touchdown so. play to Khalif Raymond, inject that into my veins, man. That, that's the kind of creativity and innovation that we have not seen from that offense. And I will give Jared Goff a hell of a lot of credit. He he sold that play beautifully. He was he put that ball out in front exactly where it needed to be too. Yeah. Um, that was, you know, really the first half of that game was was kind of like, okay, this is what happens when Jared Goff trusts his receivers and he gets good protection. Like, like, I, okay, all right, Brad Holmes, I see you. I, I, I see what you see. He's not a world beater, right? I mean, we get right. that, but he can do it. He can be he your can. guy for a while. He can, he can be he your can. guy for a while if you get him the right stuff. Um, and, and this is something that we talked about a little bit with Andy. He's like, I just don't want us to get the whole team and then be stuck without a quarterback forever. And I'm like, well, we went the other way. We got the quarterback, but we never could get the team. And he put us in that quarterback kind of purgatory. It's like, God, what do you do? We'll talk about quarterbacks in the draft because yeah, we will. there's we'll a real interesting angle that I haven't heard anybody talk about. And thank you, Jim Young, for bringing that up in the slack. Pretty cool. Yeah. Hey, Mike or Mike, how you doing, brother? Thanks, man. This the day cast is something a little special. It's, was my last day at work for the year. I don't go back to January fourth now, so it's time oh, to kind of you lucky dog. Uh, enjoy enjoy the time off. Have have a cocktail or twelve, and and you know the the twelve cocktails of Christmas is probably something that I should look into as well. Oh God, you know what? I should have been doing that with that whole day game day drinking thing. See, I gotta, there you go. <laughs> I got to show you something. Now this is empty because I've got a. I'm, I'm on. Uh, super dad duty this week. My wife's out of town. Um, <laughs> we've got these new can koozies, and I, you have to wait till later tonight. I, I thought they, they said they were good for bigger cans. They're only good for the Slimmies right now. I'm going to get the big pecan ones in there tonight. But check this out. Your own Detroit Lions podcast koozie that fit right now is the Slim Cans. Perfect for just your uh, Trulies and stuff. It is empty, right? So this is a leftover. But uh, sweet, sweet little can koozies available for you so you're, for your 12 days of drinking before and after Christmas, your 24 days of drinking. <laughs> uh, great stuff, really cheap, and they're uh, they're awesome. They're in our store, the merch store. Check them out. we got some other good stuff. I'll show you guys something really cool later. That we- it's sweet. I just saw it. <laughs> so-, um, so so can I can I rain on our parade a little bit because this just came across as breaking news? Yeah, yeah, yeah. TJ Hawkinson is officially done for the season. He had thumb surgery. Uh, you could have waited till the injury report to rain, but okay. I know, I but uh, know. I'll read it. It's from, it's from Adam Schefter here. Um, Lions Pro Bowl tight end TJ Hawkinson underwent thumb surgery this morning with the renowned hand specialist, Dr. Thomas Graham, and is expected uh, to make a complete recovery yeah. in time for the offseason program, sources tell ESPN. But Hawkinson's 2021 is over. Um, by the way, how cool would it be to be a world-renowned hand specialist? That's that, that's a sweet gig. How, how much do you want to bet his his you know he's known as Doctor Graham Cracker <laughs> because he cracked the ball. I like it. I crack my thumb right now. So that that's uh, I was that just it, that, it just uh, it, it adds to the litany of issues that the, that the Lions have. I, I mean, just before we got on the air, I actually had a delay coming on for a quick second because. 
Jalen Elliott tested positive for COVID and had to write that up. Mm. It's, uh, mm. it, it, it's not stopping, Chris. Uh, no. It's it's uh, it's a it's a tough week in Detroit. And, and and this is it, right? It's it's the whole Northeast is just on fire right now. And of course, my wife yeah. is is coming back from Michigan to bring it back to Florida. Whatever she brings back to Florida with her, who knows? But uh, <laughs> I'm just not excited for the way things are going. I mean, it, it seems to be we're headed in that, that ugly direction. I mean, like I, ju- I just saw that the, the Washington football team placed, I think it was four players on the reserve COVID list. The Browns have 17 of their 53 active roster players, including their starting quarterback. That also doesn't include their head coach, who's also going to be out on Saturday. It's uh, a look at the Rams. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. has a spectacular game Monday night. Tuesday morning, he tests positive, um, and he's probably going to be out for a little bit. So you, it's it's a tough time. It's man. it's it's getting bad up there. A uh, friend of the show, I won't say who, uh, had two people under thirty three die last week in the ER from COVID under thirty three, and um, he's just you know I'm not. I'm not That's telling people young, what to man. do. I am I'm not an authoritarian, young. but they were not. They didn't have the jab. Just so you know, just so you have that information on that. It, whether that's you know helpful or not, I don't know. Um, but he said it's as busy as it's been almost at its peak, uh, at, at 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 its worst. So I don't know what's going on. If it's just up there, if it's just that hospital, that area, something broke. But what we're seeing around the NFL right now, it it doesn't look. It, it it's rampant good. and it's happening in the NBA too. James Harden, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think I said that right. I, I, I think I did say it right. Actually, that's pretty good. That's better than you. I know I can't say Oro Warrior. Yeah, it, it, it's. That's how you say it. <laughs> I picture a sea lion saying that. By As the way. a husky, it's a husky. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> they were trying to get it to say "I love you," and uh, Wisco in the chat said, "Oh, well, I found Chris saying our warrior." <laughs> That's <laughs> brilliant. It is really good. It's really yeah. Good. So uh, just like, uh, be, take care of yourselves, people. We love you. We don't want you to go away. Like, we want you, your you money for St. Jude. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. We're not. We're not getting to sixty-five thousand eight hundred seventy-one dollars in three years without you. Stay healthy. All right, there you That's go. That's right. Yeah. Um. So the game, the first half of the game. Was, it was fun. Was it was fun. fun. It was we we were far better than expected. I will say one. There was one big cloud, and we'll talk about it a little bit. Jerry getting injured early, uh, third or fourth play of the game, just broke my heart. I'll, I'll tell you, Jerry is one of the best Lions players. Probably the best I've gotten to know a player specifically one on one, and he's just a great great guy and i absolutely hate that this happened to him i mean his story everything else he just doesn't deserve it man he doesn't deserve this he made so many he worked so hard and made so many breaks for himself and you know riz i, t- I talked to sam man and he said that i'm the example he said he uses all the time when he talks about people who make things happen right i'm a make it happen yeah. guy but yeah. that's what i loved about jerry he's a make it happen guy he went out and and, and the first day of training camp he was the last rep at cornerback i was there yeah he was the dead last in line for every rep and three weeks later he had passed a lot of dudes didn't pass everybody but he just kept climbing the ladder working hard playing well, making the most of his, his opportunities in a situation, keep working, keep grinding, doing whatever he could to make it. And he turned himself into a good NFL starter 
as an undrafted rookie yeah. who barely played last year and, uh, and, and, and bounced around college to college. That That's so, so much about Jerry's will and his professionalism and his dedication. Uh, it's it, it was really tough to see him go down. And it was one of those where, like, as soon as you saw the replay, you're like, oh, it's not good, no. not cool. And the thing is, and this is not a knock on um, Jeff Okuda, so please don't don't look at it this way. But I would say his rookie year, Jerry's rookie year, he outplayed Jeff Okuda on his rookie year. Oh, absolutely. Significantly. Absolutely. He was a guy, he looked like a cornerback that you draft in the first round in year two or year three. I mean, he was out, he was balling the F out. Jerry, and, and, and so you see this guy who's such a great guy who fought, made it happen, got to this point. Won his position strictly through merit, right? He and, and yes, some he luck did. and some some bad luck of others, but luck of his to get there and get the chance and showed everything he had. He's exactly what I was talking about. The guys, the young guys getting a chance that wouldn't have otherwise had a chance to make a team show it. I mean, it's it's you're finding these diamonds and then this happens. So I'll just say, you know, we, we put together the people in the slack. We were all, you know, he's we're all big fans, right? And we we kind of decided, let's put together a video for him. The guy's down. We saw a tweet. And he, he, he basically tweeted to his mom, who who he lost when he was yeah. 11. Just broke my heart. Literally broke my heart when, when I read it. And uh, we were like, let's, let's, let's kind of cheer him up. You know, he's such a good guy. He's been so good to us. And so we just put together some videos of, of, of the guys in the Slack chatting up and, hey, get, you know, get better, Jerry. Get, you know, we got you. We got your back, the whole thing. And it was like, it was almost four minutes long, right? And he shared it. I mean, we DM'd it with him. There was no intention of making it public or anything else. It was a private yeah, set of messages. This was just something that we wanted to do personally from us. And mm-hmm. I, and as us, I mean you, Chris, um, to, to Jerry to show, you know, that, hey, man, we, we, we care. We got your back. We, and, and a lot of people in the Slack, like, instantly like like you put up the call like hey man if you want to do a video boom and like i, I know you got inundated with them yeah yeah um, around you, the world. <laughs> you, you, you even allowed vertical showings which uh you don't know you, like you know how i am <laughs> yes i do um, instead is not uh, my place <laughs> you know it, it was just something that was was meant to be like it it wasn't like like oh don't don't share this with anybody but it was like you know this is this is for you jerry like this yeah. is from us to you um, and the fact that he chose to show it, I, I think, you know, that's that, that yeah. first off, it, thank you, Jerry, for that. Um, he does watch these. So thank you, Jerry. And, uh, you know, get, get well soon. And, and I'll echo it. Um, I actually couldn't do it at the time. I was I was at a basketball game. I couldn't couldn't very well record with any uh, modicum of quietness. Uh, but you know what? He earned his spot in the NFL. And we're coming back into the end of the next season yep. to, to spin it forward a little bit. I don't know if he's going to be penciled in as a starter, but he is certainly one of the top three cornerbacks. And I will say this, he'd better be ahead of the, of Jeff Okuda on that depth chart. Um, when, when that thing starts next year, uh, that's, that's a debate that we'll get into this off season, but Jerry proved he can start in this, not just play. He can start in this league. Yeah. The only rookie cornerback who's been consistently better than him is Patrick Sertain, who was what the number eight overall pick yeah. Yeah. Um, play, played on the other side of the ball last week. And that look, that guy's a future all pro. Like he's phenomenal. Like all all the dudes that got drafted. I think there. I think I saw that there were thirty nine cornerbacks drafted. Jerry's better than thirty eight of them. And let's just let's, yeah yeah yeah. And let's think about this. So just really quick, if we think about um, what what uh, Brad Holmes did in our draft, Panay Sewell, one of the best at his position, right? One of the yep. absolute best. Levi Anzarike, Aleem McNeil, starters. Absolutely, they're starters in our line. They play all the time. Well, let's hope so. Aleem is, for sure. Yeah, one, so it's round one, two, and three. And if, if yeah. Fido uh, Malafon will as well, if he, 
Um, he doesn't like to be called Miffy. I don't want to call him Miffy. Um, but in the third in the third round, right? He's he's obvious, obviously a player. He showed when he when he's played, he's he's got uh, some talent. And he's he's definitely in the mix at cornerback. Amon Ra, right? Sun God, St. Brown, out there, wide receiver, fourth round. He's he's a starter for this team. Uh, Derek Barr, and he, he'd be a starter if we had a number one or number two wide receiver. You know what I mean? I mean, he'd, he'd still be a starter. Derek Barnes, another great pick for this team, starter. Jamar Jefferson, I know you hate I him, so. but as a depth piece, he's been okay. I, I don't, he's been I, I don't to hate play. him. You don't I hate, hate, I hate the position. You hate, yes, I, I, I like Jamar. Play. Jamar can play. Yeah, like, yeah. He, he's, he's a good player. Um, he did not play last week, by the way, because of an ankle injury. He was not benched or sidelined or yeah. anything like that. Yeah. Um, when he plays, he plays well, right? And, and, yeah, and, he and, does. And seeing him with that sled – and, and I'll never forget it. I will never forget that training camp when, you know, <laughs> Jamal Williams is walking up to it. It's towards the end of camp. and He's, he's doing the, the power of Christ compels you at this little sled that's, you know, it's only three <laughs> inches off the ground. And it's probably like a foot long. And you push it and you have to get behind it to make it go forward. If you get on top of it too much, it digs in the ground. And he, Jamar Jefferson, in a pike position, had to push this thing to the 50 and then turn around and bring it back. And he was dying when he when he finally finished i thought he was going to vomit in the end zone but like the last 20 yards the rest of the players they'd been doing wind sprints before that they get back they're in the pike position walking next to him cheering him on getting him there it was really something to see the heart this guy had to get this done and put it in there the support he had from his teammates i really saw a lot in jefferson there and and i'm telling you like not just oh I thought he was gonna vomit afterwards he was in misery he was in absolute pain yeah. after doing that but he he did. had the walk of like like you know when you've just like maxed out your squat personal and you're like, <laughs> oh. <sighs> like that's that's what he looked like walking yeah 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 and it was just to see how much he put into it and the heart I just loved him but I mean so you go down the list of our draft picks and then you uh, undrafted right you got AJ Parker you got Jerry Jacobs these guys that we were able to find AJ's Brock back, Wright by the way Brock Wright. Oh. Let's talk about Bright. I mean, come on. Right. Right. Why not? These are all guys that we've been able to pick up, get out there, play and make a difference for this team this year. I feel really good about Holmes. I mean, if I think back now, you know, I look at the draft. They're like, okay, I feel good about this draft. Now let's see how it turns out. Right. I look Mm -hmm. back now really basically after the end, you know, at the end of the year with everything that this team's face and all the injury and everything else. He did a really good job of finding great talent across from top to bottom of the draft through the through UDFA. Really, really good job picking guys up and giving them a run here. I'm happy with, with Holmes, what Holmes did in year one. I'm I'm not with you completely on that, but I, I certainly like the general direction that he's gone. And his ability to spot talent and, and more specifically to spot useful talent for the team that he wants, I think is something that's very critical. This isn't um, I'll, I'll go. I'll skip back one GM to Martin Mayhew. Martin Mayhew was really good at finding talent, but it didn't always like 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 Jim Schwartz is like I don't need that guy. Like like why why'd you draft him for me? Um, the, the, Bill Bentley is an example. The the corner the the yeah. plucky slot cornerback who I really liked uh, coming out of Louisiana Lafayette. Like he was not the style of player at all that Jim Schwartz wanted in that position, and like the. The unequal sign between like what what the coach wanted and what the the scouting staff and the GM got for them, that's not an issue with this. The the collaborative process that this Lions team has with with Holmes at the top of it, with John Dorsey being involved, with Chris Spielman offering his input, mm-hmm. uh, with, with with Campbell, with with uh, Deuce Staley offering input on Jamar Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've learned that with with um, 
uh, what's his name? Uh, Aubrey Pleasant offering input um, on, on, on Iffy, if you have to, because uh, you're right, don't call him Iffy. Um, th- that sort of thing, that wasn't something that, that the Mayhew regime was very good at. Um, it was something that the, uh, the unfortunately, the, 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 the Quintricia regime was actually fairly adept at like finding, because they were all of the same mindset. Their problem was, was that the, what they were trying to accomplish didn't have a snowball chance in hell of working. Right. Um, and they also missed on some players and that didn't help. Either. Yeah. That, that was, that was ouchy. But I, I, I like, I like that. This, this is what good teams do. This is what Pete Carroll and, and John Davidson have done in Seattle forever. They will look at things and they'll be like, okay, this is a great player, but he might not be a great player for us. Like, let's find players that are great players for what we want them to do. And I do think, um, even though I do have some reservations about Levi Anzarike, I don't think he's played very well outside of two games. Yeah, I knew he was um, the guy I, you were going to poke uh, at. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, he, I mean, uh, he, he was he was terrible last week. Um, yeah. Derek Barnes, who you know I'm a big fan of, was terrible. He was, he was awful last week. He was... He was um, and PFF reflected it. And it was one of those where it was pretty easy to anticipate the PFF grades for this week. It was pretty easy to see that Derek Barnes was going to get the lowest score. And he did. Um, I'm going to say, and I'm going to I'm not going to say this is the facts, right? But right. remember Ancelone and how bad he, Ancelone and how bad he was Ancelone. the first two weeks of the season before they got rid of Jamie yep. Collins. Yeah. There's a lot of guys missing. And I have a feeling that that kind of laid into asking, Derek a little bit. And part of the issue was that Derek was playing the Anzalone role instead of the other role yep. that was next to him there without their two starting inside linebackers. That that happens. By the way, I learned this just completely random this week. Glenn Danzig of the Misfits, his last name is actually Anzalone. Is it really? It is. I didn't know that. I learned that this weekend, and I, that somebody blew my mind. And with thank that. you for saying he's from the Misfits and not his his solo crap afterwards. He was great with the Misfits; they were a fun band. I, I um, like Dirty Black Summer. That's about all I'll go with with the the solo career. Where Eagles stand. One, one chord, uh, yeah, one one chord over and over and over, <laughs> and over, and over. Um, I'm I, I'm unable to find it, and I and I apologize because this wasn't on the the docket to talk about, but. Dan Campbell was really, really highly rated as a coach, and I don't, I don't remember where I saw it or where it came from. Flounder, oh, Flounder. thank you, thanks, brother. buddy, thank you, yeah. sir. Now I got to do the math on this. <laughs> um, 30, 30, 31. So we're back up to a sixty-nine. Right? That's a, yep, yep. Well, that's uh, nice. Dan Campbell, very, very highly rated as a coach last week. I'm going to get into this, and I'm going to just coin the phrase right now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shockwave Jerry is get, get, get your little trademark thing ready. Yeah. TM. Um, he talked about it and I was going to pull the quote. I'll pull the quote for the original presser for the next show as we will go into this little deeper. But uh, he was asked about, is he going to do straight analytics? Is he going to do straight, you know, be like normal coaching? You know, how's he going to do this? Is it, you know, there's times we're going to do this or times we're going to do that. I'm going to tell you the brand for this is now Campbellytics. Campbellytics. So all these, when he's going for on fourth down, when he's making some of these calls, Campbellytics. Campbellytics are what's driving this. And it is a hybrid between analytics and kind of the, the mainstays of coaching and a little bit of that gut feel of what you're doing. This is how he's running the game. I'm telling you. And I'm loving what I'm seeing from him. Uh, Dan Campbellytics, this is going to be a big thing. And it's going to be a comparative advantage if you know your economics. 
Um, cause what I think we're, we're getting here, we're getting two things. We're getting training time for Dan to test his gut, feel how it works, how, where it, when it does, when it doesn't checking it against the analytics. I think what you're going to have here is a approach at going for it. When to offside kick, when to fake a punt, when to do all these, these non-standard plays that mm-hmm. is going to be very unique to Dan Campbell. And is going to work. I mean, we're seeing some very, very interesting calls that are going for the most part well. Sometimes they don't, but I think that's part of the learning curve. They're, these are going to be very specific to Dan. And I think Campbellytics is going to be one of the things, like I said, that's a comparative advantage for this team going forward. Because they're not going to be locked in to something external telling them what to do. You know, it, it's interesting to me that by and large, the analytical folks, um, uh, the people who are in the, the R scraper and all that stuff, love what he's doing yep. um, with with the decision making. Um, more the decision making to go for it or not than the actual play calls. And yep. that's certainly where I'm at. Yep, that that fourth down play call. It won us he the rolled, game against Minnesota. I'm telling you, it, it, maybe he backed into it, but it still is what won us the game. It, it did. <laughs> but, uh, the, the play choices, I think, need to improve. And it's interesting because um, the other team that I cover, the Cleveland Browns, the Browns and the Lions are the two worst teams on fourth down, and they go for it more than all but two other teams. The, uh, the Lions actually have – the Browns have the most fourth quarter – or fourth down misses this season – um, Baker Mayfield has been sacked on more fourth downs than than they've converted, um, which is uh, indicative that it's not just a a Dan Campbell problem. And that's that's sort of my larger point with this is that yeah he's making these weird decisions and somewhat like he he got a couple of them that paid off in the Denver game. Obviously mm-hmm. didn't matter on the scoreboard at the end, but he made decisions to go for it and they had the, the they had plays that worked and I like that and I like that 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 going for it. Other coaches are, are – you saw Chicago the other day. What was it? They, they had fourth and four from I, – I, they were within two yards of midfield one way or the other, and they were losing by six, I want to say. And they punted. Yeah. Nagy's like, done. He's so cooked. His goose is just like – Like, like that, that's that's going the opposite direction. Like, I want, I want my coaches to be more aggressive. Like, I want them to control their own fate. I want them to put – Put the ball into their own hands, both figuratively and literally. It's not always going to work, and I think that's something. Like when it doesn't work, it's obviously going to get magnified, um, as it did. Um, and when it works, it gets it season. gets unfairly lauded as well. Right? It does. It does. It's just yeah. the nature of the thing. But th- so that fourth down call, I think the fourth down call in in the Minnesota game was the right call, especially after what happened in Chicago the week before there was only like two minutes and something left. They held the ball for eight minutes, right? We got the ball. He learned from his mistakes. What do we, what do we want? We want you to not repeat the same mistakes. week week. Now the play call, right? And this is part of the problem. We, we don't really officially have an offensive coordinator this year. He's taken on an extra set of responsibilities. As we've talked about, we've talked with some folks and we know that there's a lot of conversation on the headset and uh, uh, cooperative decision-making on play calls uh, when there really wasn't before, but there was still a lot of talking on the headset and asking for uh, suggestions, which is really, really frustrated. I'll just say, so the, the idea, (laughs) it's so hard. Um, so we've got an additional thing on there. I think when we have Campbellytics and we have somebody else in charge of the play calling, not that his play calling has been bad because we've been in just about every game since he's taken over and we got our win and we got a tie since he's taken over. The results speak to where we are with, you know, 
the play calling change that we've made. It was a, it was an improvement, right? So we'll see. We'll we'll see. I think with the right OC and and frankly, I mean, I could probably pull this this topic forward. Um, have you heard the rumor that we're bringing Urban Meyer in for offensive coordinator? Oh, God, no. Urban Meyer. Oh my God! I just wanted a mess. Get some people angry. Calm down, folks. Breathe, breathe, breathe. breathe. <laughs> Urban. Oh my God! So you, you, when you, when, when I refer people that like to complain about the Fords, like there are worse owners out there. There's somebody who thought that hiring Urban Meyer was a damn good idea. Oh my, my God. God! A guy, you know, when you have somebody who leaves for health reasons and takes a job immediately, you know something stanky happened. And then they do it again, you know the stank ain't leaving, right? I mean, all the signs were there. My goodness. How the hell are you going to kick your kicker? Like, no. <laughs> no, yeah, you straight punch him. You you go right for that jaw. How, how, how are you getting, like, like we know forward. Marvin Jones. Lions fans know Marvin Jones really well. Like, that's that's yeah. that's a cool guy. Cat. That cool That cat. is a, a, a above-reproach human being individual on and off the field. If you can't make it work with that guy, that's on you. <laughs> that's that's not that's not a Marvin problem. That's a you problem, yeah. Urban. <laughs> uh, Anonymous keeps yelling for Ben Johnson for offensive coordinator. He's the only internal guy that has a chance. I'll tell you that. Anonymous. I would agree with that. Uh, I still uh, people are calling for Deuce, but it's not going to be Deuce. <laughs> I prefer to go outside the organization uh, because I do think that they need somebody else um, in the collaborative process who has a different vision. Because I don't think that the vision that the organization as a whole holds right now, and that doesn't include Anthony Lynn in that, mm-hmm. but I, I think the entire offensive design isn't one that is going to be successful. I think they have to broaden what they do. Um, obviously, they have to have more talent to make that happen. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I want to see them bring in somebody from the outside in the way that Matt Patricia brought in Daryl Bevel, somebody that he hadn't worked with before, somebody who saw things completely differently from his predecessor and from the general vein that the organization viewed offense. Mm-hmm. And for a time, it worked. Um, it obviously ceased working, but I like this was- offense better than the offense we had with Matt Patricia uh, and 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 crew. Um, <laughs> frankly, I I, I I would be curious to just, see what this offense looked like if if players. Like, say Marvin Jones was on it. Yeah. Because I I do think that a guy like that would would be beneficial if a guy like Tyrell Williams was healthy and on it for the entire season. Oh my god! Well, look what Josh Reynolds has added, right? And, and Josh, I mean, Josh Reynolds outside of that first week has been solid. Yeah, and they've evolved the playbook. They've evolved the play calls, right? They, they they're trying to build these things in. You that's one of the things. Like OBJ, week one, what did you see? Not much, right? Nope. Now nope. what are we? Three weeks, magic number. Three weeks right? in a row. Yeah. yeah, it takes time to get them in the people integrated to understand the route trees and all the different plays. Playbooks are very complex, and then it also takes time uh, for like what we were doing. We got a new, we got rid of base. I don't want to say we got rid of, but we set our offensive coordinator aside and started reworking things in the playbooks and evolving the playbook to to meet the needs. So those kind of two things happened at once, and it takes a couple games for those things to get created, the the vision kind of stuff to be built into the the plays themselves and then tra- taught to the players and the, the language around all that stuff has to be inculcated down to the execution level. It takes time. And we're, and we're seeing the, we're reaping some of the benefits of that. And just as we're doing that, here comes COVID. So I, it's, it's it, right. We talked when we, when Case and I still did the show, this was like two and a half years ago. 
we talked to a guy from Pennsylvania University, I believe it was, superstar in AI, right? And wow. doing a lot of the leading work in the NBA and talking about the NBA and being able to um, use cameras to map players and how plays work and, and how plays are called and then use AI to determine what the best play call is and the best move is for an NBA, NBA team from team to team. And we're like, wow, that's crazy. Is that something that would ever apply to the NFL? And he's like, there's not enough games. Number one, the camera technology to track the guys is a little hard to do, but it could, that could get overcome. There's just not enough data. And the, the game evolves enough from year to year to year that you can't build a, a model right that you that can is is repeatable like that so it's very interesting how how that is and how how kind of fluid the nfl is and, and how much it moves so it is um, I, I i i this is completely off topic but i have to share this um th- this is kind of a busy work day for us in, in the wire world uh this just came across on uh from our washington football team wire um washington has 21 people on their COVID reserve list now they're down to their number five center. His name is John Toth, who doubles as a plus-size male model in the offseason. <laughs> Maybe he can join me for the Fat Boy 40 at uh, Senior Bowl. <laughs> there, there's just so much weird stuff going on in the NFL right now. Oh, my it's, God. It, it, it's like, like, where are the point? Like, it's the tip of the spear 11. for society. I'm telling you right now, what we're going to see tip of the in, in, in the next month. I need to watch Edge for tomorrow. I love that movie. <laughs> Tip of the spear, Edge of the knife. <laughs> it love is. That. I'm telling you now, <laughs> the NFL is on the forefront of what's going to happen. You, you see all these things happening. Just wait. You I, are I, seeing. I, you are seeing the way that the NFL is scrambling to adapt their COVID policy to allow players who are non-symptomatic but tested positive and are vaccinated to be allowed to compete like they're normal. Yep. That's happening. Mm-hmm. That, for a big segment of America, is something that's a very positive development, that the NFL can lead on this. And it's going to be interesting because generally the people who hate the NFL take the position that that's the way that society should be going. Uh, it's going to be fun to sort all that out, the, the internal politics of it. That's going to change here. <laughs> yeah. Just the way things uh, it, are looking. But it, 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 it's it's it's... I hope it works because, quite frankly, um, it, it, to me, just speaking, that would reinforce that, hey, this, this vaccine is probably a pretty good idea. It allows me to live my life fairly normally. And I think that's the whole point that the yeah. NFL, certainly what the NFLPA is trying to sell right now. I think um, what we're and, seeing is is it gives you, a, I mean, between that and some of the pills that are coming out that are kind of like comparable, like Tamiflu yeah. stuff, I think yeah. it just makes it so that the, this, when you get it, the symptoms are less than the flu, but with the combo of the vaccine, and that's, what that's we're finding what we is the vaccine doesn't prevent doesn't prevent people from getting it, doesn't prevent people right. from transmitting it. It makes them not as sick. Period, and that's yeah, that's and, that's a uh, that's a good thing because yeah. as I, Chris, I don't like being sick. No, no, and when I talk to my friend, it's you know gives it's yeah. Um, so there you so, go. Yeah, so it, it's going to be interesting to follow how the NFL goes down that. If that's the sort of thing that interests you, there's going to be plenty of things to read on all sides of that spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Probably some from me, too. And you'll get my, my little more unfiltered take at that okay. point. Okay, so TM on Cambolytics. Want more, I love more it. comment I love on it. that? I, I, I really hope, though, that there's somebody within the Cambolytics department who um, who hits him with a pool noodle or something and says, hey, that's a bad idea. Don't roll your immobile quarterback He's, out. What do you think? He's Urban Meyer's kicker? <sighs> All right. 
I'll keep going here. Uh, we get to the injury report uh, on the the Lions side. Let me just pop this up really quick. Uh, obviously, it's not final. It's just Thursday night. Yeah, they have not fall. come out with. Uh, it's Thursday afternoon. Yeah, uh, they haven't come out with it. They come out with it between three and four. Yep. So Wednesday's DNPs did not practice. Alex Encelone, Captain Encelone, uh, Jalen Elliott, DNP, TJ Hawkinson. We got his news. Uh, Jonah Jackson, Julian Aquara, and DeAndre Swift. Um, yeah. We know Hawkinson, and they they, they actually season. added Will Holden to that list as well, um, and he was also the same status that Elliot was the not injury related NIR. We've seen what happened with Elliot. It's it's presumptive, but probably safe to presume that that Holden um, was held up for the same reason. Yep, Jerry, I uh, seen it in the chat. Jerry will be back next year, but yeah, you know, Jerry. Here's the thing to know about Jerry. Okay, and this is this is sometimes indicative. He had his other knee had an ACL already when he was in school, and he's already back from that. So he knows what he's up for. He's no he's he knows how to come back, and his body has shown an ability to come back from these things and play at the NFL level. I'm highly confident Jerry's going to be back and, and get. Rocking. I am too. He and um, I are going uh, for a steak, so I'll let you know what we talk about. The <laughs> the uh, the second time you go through the rehab, it's better than the first time because yeah. you understand exactly what's going to happen. You understand, okay, if I push myself a little too hard here. I can't do that. Like, I, I got to stay with the program. And, and I will give the Lions training staff has taken a lot of grief over the years. They've been pretty darn good at, especially the st- some of the guys that they've got in there now, are really good at understanding the uh, the, the whole rehab process. The psychology like, of on, rehab on top of yeah, just the yeah, physiology. Exa- exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The, uh, and I can't think of the woman's name. And that's sad because I've interviewed her. Um, but she's their director of sports psychology. Yep. Uh, or whatever it is, they they brought her in from the University of Maryland. She's got a doctorate, and she's she's very well liked in the building, by the way. And that's you know the, the working on the on the mental side of football. They they've been very cognizant of that the Lions are at the tip of the spear of that in the NFL to to go back to, to tomorrow. It now. And uh, <laughs> I, I like it. Um, so that's something that I think. And, and Jerry is the guy. Look, he's going to do whatever he can to get back. Yep. Um, and, but he's going to do it smart. He's not going to rush it. There's no reason to. Training camp starts in what's it? It's 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 December, right? Yeah. So he's got seven months. Seven months. Seven seven to eight months to get ready. That's aggressive for an ACL, but it's not unheard of. Uh, I will Odell Beckham Jr. Just as an example, tore his ACL two weeks before Thanksgiving in last year, and he was back for the final week of training camp this Mm -hmm. past summer. Yeah, and Jerry's proven he's got. The talent, so he's just yeah. got to prove that he's back to back to back yep. at it. And there's been great technological advances every year, constantly moving forward. So that's good news. Um, before we move on, uh, I already talked about Urban Meyer for um, offensive coordinator. I want to talk about some great new merch. I talked a little bit earlier about our can koozies. Get them in focus. These are really cool. It's for the slim cans right now. We will have them for the fat cans a little later tonight. These things are awesome, and and they're really inexpensive. I use them now all the time. Something else is in the store. I want to show you this, Riz. You got a peek at it before. I did. Just put it together. This, this instantly this. vaulted to the top of my Christmas list. I, I love this. I'm just, I, and, and I, this is the first one. Came out. It's a cabin. Let me get in the camera. Suitcase with the, the logo on the front. It's got the telescoping handle, right? The whole thing on the back. It's it's carry-on size, and yep. it will fit in any it is any any airline carry-on. The maximum carry-on size for every that works for every airline. 
You got your four wheels on the bottom, high quality wheel action. Let me do these real good zippers here. You get inside. This is so sweet. Yeah, and it's, it's super affordable. It's really good quality. I'm I'm blown away by the deal I got to make get these made. You got your your pocket in here, your pocket on this side. Perfect. No, so you can't really see because I'm messing with the damn camera. Killer. Killer. <laughs> That's so awesome. It's such a great idea. It's I love it. It's less than 150 bucks at the store. It's it's killer. I can tell you right now, if you go to Nautica and try to get something like that, it's two twenty nine. Yeah, and it, it's it's re- that's before I talked about it. I needed to get one made and in my hands before I could, you know, put out because you guys know I'm not putting garbage out there. Those things are sweet. DetroitLionsPodcast.com slash store. We got those. We got some can koozies. Got some new shirts. Uh, we're we're gonna be transferring over some to some new softer, nicer material here uh, on the shirts as well. We're doing some some upgrades and all the merch. There's some really really good stuff there. So head on over to DetroitLionsPodcast.com slash store. All right. Oh, and I didn't say the injury report. Sponsored by Diamond CBD, cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com, cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. If you're going to fly, you're going to go somewhere, you're going to travel, or if you're stuck home, either way, you're going to want to take care of your head. How do you do that? You get yourself some CBD. Pain, anxiety, and insomnia. We'll take care of it with your CBD and CBD oil. You got the sore muscles from the working out. You got the CBD cream. Rocks. Rocks your pain away. Gets you to recovery faster. Let's get back to working out sooner. Or you can work your way into the Delta 8 and the active CBD. And those things will get you high. But only one the first time, so you know exactly what you're doing. CBD. One, Detroit- Greg. <laughs> CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Use coupon code LIONS and you get 55% off. There you go, guys. That's right, Micro Mike. If you fly, it's a perfect time to get high. All right. Now, let's get really quick. <laughs> Final four weeks. What are the expectations, Riz? We've got COVID raging throughout the, the northern half of the country, throughout the NFL. We've got injuries. I can't even we've, keep up. With we've got McCollum. <laughs> Every time I refer to Twitter, somebody else is testing positive somewhere. We've got McCollum snapping the ball. I'm telling you, man, it's we're about to see. I think the NFL made the whole asymptomatic play thing. I think they made it at the wrong time. I think I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'll be time, but dead honest with you, I'm not certain we're going to see fans at the Green Bay game at the end of the season. I'm not certain that we will. We'll see. It's going to be interesting, and it's not it's just be, in Detroit. I'm saying that. No, no, that, that that that's 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 that's. There are other places right now where you cannot go to games, mm-hmm. uh, and that's mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately. It looks like it's only going to expand because uh, COVID is not going away yet. Not yet. All right. As so the f- NFL and NBA can obviously tell you. <laughs> Final four weeks ahead. We are looking at, let me scroll back up here. We have the Cardinals, an easy win this week. The Falcons, one of their most challenging games. The Seahawks, and then the Packers are just, as always, going to lay down and take it. Um, <laughs> this is, I mean, look, if, if it was three weeks ago, okay, mm-hmm. I'd say we could win two out of these four games. All right. But now I have no idea who's going to be the roster any week we're playing <laughs> of anybody's rosters. Right, I mean, that certainly I- complicates things. <laughs> uh, I still think they will win one of Atlanta, Seattle, mm-hmm. because I think the Falcons, the Falcons don't match up well because they do not pressure the quarterback at all. They have the lowest pressure rate of any team in the league, um, and that's even when they blitz too, and they don't blitz exceptionally well either. Um, and outside of one cornerback, their secondary is terrible. 
So they are vulnerable if Goff is aggressive. Um, obviously losing TJ Hawkinson hurts that. Um, he's, he's your primary weapon, especially in the red zone. And that's, that's, that's a blow, man. But if, if the Lions play well, they can beat Atlanta. Yeah. Even without Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. Seattle was the one that I circled as like, you know what? I, I, look. It, it sure sounds like Pete Carroll is done. It sure sounds like Russell Wilson will not be back there next year. Like the, it, it's disbanding. Future it's run Russell it, Wilson. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's run its course, and I, I think they're all aware of that. And when you get a team like that, you can you can beat them, especially if you jump up early. And they're like, hey, what, what's the point? Like, like we're done in two weeks. Okay, let them have their fun. Um, maybe I'll go join them in free agency because I can't beat them. Right. That type of thing. Um, and I, I, I do respect Pete Carroll. I respect the hell out of him and the way he chomps his gum. But uh, I, 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 I think that's a team that if you get on them early, you can still beat them. But having watched what they did last Sunday, like, okay, they still got some fight in them. And uh, I actually wrote it in my, yeah. my predictions piece this week. They have a death gasp game in them. You better hope it's not Detroit that they have that death gasp. Well, game. they looked good last they, week. They, they are they are still capable of coming out and smoking somebody thirty six to nothing. Yeah. Uh, but let, again, let's hope that's not Detroit because they can. But that's also a game that I do think that the Lions uh, another, another one where they match up fairly well. Look, Seattle's pass defense is worse than Detroit's in every single metric. Yeah. They are they are dead last or next to last across the board. Um, I, I know the Lions don't pass the ball all that well. They have passed the ball fairly well recently. Uh, better, I should say. I, I wouldn't say well. They passed it better. I think Amon Ra developing into a reliable, you know, seven-catch, 80-yard guy every week. Um, he doesn't drop the ball. doesn't have a drop since week two. Th- these are the type of things that you want to see the progressive arc. And and th- those are the type of things that can beat Seattle. You know, if you can if – you, uh, you, you, you go up 10 on them, you're good. Brock Wright. Brock Wright, in for TJ Hawkinson, the obvious replacement. You could probably trade TJ next year. You won't need him now with Brock. You got him taking that role in this offense. I think and we're hey, going, look, I'm, I'm, I'm half go, joking, right? But but the reality right. is this Brock has really stepped up and looks like To go back to the point that we made about Jerry, this is an opportunity for a guy like Shane Zilstra to step up and prove that he belongs in the NFL. He's yeah. going to get a lot of reps now. Yeah. Um, Nick Eubanks, is there, he's their practice squad tight end. Um, I would expect him to sign Zilstra, by the way. Um, I don't know that that's going to happen, but I would expect that to happen. And I expect Nick Eubanks to probably get promoted from the practice squad this week and get a little bit more run. Um, and who knows? They, they got they got four weeks to prove themselves. They're certainly going to have opportunities because this is a tight end centric throwing offense. Goff or uh, Hawkinson was the the leader in targets on the team um, when he was healthy. So that's that that's a void, man. Somebody's got to try to fill it. And if Brock Wright does what he did, uh, he had the touchdown again. Was that was that the Minnesota game where he scored a touchdown? Or was it the week after that? I can't. I can't keep track anymore. They all uh, the together. week after. The week after. Okay. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I think so. That, 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 that's what we're talking about with guys getting opportunities. Guys like Jerry getting a chance to prove himself. Guys like AJ Parker, who's coming back this week. He was. This he's going to so be great. activated yeah. off, and he will be back. Um, and I just saw actually on the injury report that Alex Anzalone was in fact at practice today. That's good. Um, and Jalen Reese Maben was out there in the non-contact jersey, which probably means that he's not going to play this week. But uh, that they're getting him geared up for week sixteen and yep. seventeen and eighteen. So the one thing is, is and anonymous brings this up. This is the first time Quandre will be back against Detroit since trading him. It's different oh, yeah. though. 
it is different because is. he's not facing Matt Patricia, who was absolutely the. Um, if he, if was Matt Patricia soul. was still the coach, we may have murdered <laughs> receivers on the field. Quandre yeah. <laughs> Quandre loved Detroit. He yeah. loved playing in Detroit. Yeah. He liked being a lion. He wanted to be a lion. The head coach didn't want him to be a lion. That's why he's in Seattle. And by the way, Seattle just rewarded him, and I'm very grateful for that. Yep. Quandre has been one of my dudes for a long time. I'm happy for him. I'm, I'm happy to see him come back. Wouldn't surprise me at all if he got a pick six this weekend. I hate to see that, but <laughs> or, or you know when, 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 when they play Seattle, it's not this weekend. Yeah, 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 uh, I'm I'm just that that was one. And, and Chris, you know this. Um, I was completely out on Patricia. When I learned the story happened? behind why Quandary was gone. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Done 100%, forever. 100%. Urban, but you know what? Even Matt Patricia couldn't rise to the level of Urban Meyer. He never <laughs> hit a player. <laughs> That's true. He never, he never got a lap dance from a co-ed. All right. Let's, I want to get into a topic. Thank you, Jim well, Young. Maybe he did. We just didn't up. catch it on video. I, I, I can't say that he didn't. Thank you, Jim Young, for bringing this topic up in the Slack. I'll tell you guys right now, straight up. The best place with the best people and the best conversation about the Lions is in our Slack chat. You get access to that by joining Patreon. A dollar a month is all it takes. You can give more. It's a great way to support the show. It helps us out, helps us do our senior bowl coverage, our training camp party, uh, the training camp coverage, all the things that we do to make this stuff happen. Uh, It's a great way to help us do that and to really find yourself an online home of great content and great conversation with people. I'm not even, I'm I'm telling you straight up, Riz is there, I'm there, Cases makes his face, shows his face every now and again. Uh, It's a great place to hang out. There's like 350 people there. It's a a good community. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast, you can access to it. But this is from Jim. Uh, Jim's been around since like day one of the podcast too. Jim Young, he's a great yes, he guy. Has. Um, I had a question about quarterbacks, and it's something that I hadn't heard anybody else talk about. And I think this is good. We're going to talk about it today, and we're going to we're going to get, and you'll find out why. Mark Schofield, uh, we'll probably grab him at Senior Bowl to talk about this because this is a, he was a quarterback, uh, FCS, right, Riz. Yes, or D two, whatever. He I, was I a could not think of the school is killing me because we talk. He was a college quarterback. He's our guy yes, when it comes was. to quarterbacks in the co- in college and understanding this. The question's about nature versus nurture in the quarterback mm-hmm. space. Okay. Now think about this. We talk about how hard it is to pick a quarterback because you see these guys that are absolute for sure picks and they blow up. And you see these guys that are go and of course the obvious one that everyone talks about. Oh, Tom Brady was picked in the sixth round, whatever. but you get you get something. Tom Brady falls to the sixth, and all, all of a sudden he's a master, right? What is it? Why did everybody miss on Tom? Why is Trevor Lawrence so bad? And he was the consensus generational number one pick that nobody could. And he's got four interceptions in a game this week. And he, and, or been, even this, he has been legitimately much worse than Jared Goff has been in Detroit. And in the same week, the guy who we saw and we were like, meh, about, and everybody was meh about Justin Herbert. All of a sudden, he's he's way above what everybody thought he was. Dude, that, you see that throw? Holy crap. <laughs> What's going on? And the question is, you talk about the, the, the athleticism, you talk about the numbers, you talk about what they did in college, the thing you don't talk about, though, and I don't hear anybody talking about in the NFL, is the idea of nature versus nurture. The idea of the nature of uh, Trevor Lawrence, he's the guy. 
Nobody thought he wasn't the guy. You saw him do it at Clemson forever. You saw his ability. He has all the tangibles and intangibles as far as the ability to make decisions, throw the ball, do all the right stuff. What in the holy hell is happening? And you start thinking about it. Nurture. This is the environment that he's sitting in and the place. You take these great quarterbacks. How many great quarterbacks have been ruined by the place they landed? the coaching staff they landed with. Um, Joey Harrington talked a little bit. If you look at his TED Talk, I think it touches on it or touches around this a little yeah. bit, and it, it's, it, it's really, really great. I mean, I love Joey. After seeing that, I have have reshuffled my brain and how I think about a lot of things, just kind of hearing it from him. But this nurture side of it, and you got you take guys that are that have it all, and you take it away from them. I mean, I, I always use Tim Shovel Day as an example. What, wow. What, yeah, right? I mean, because Detroit ruined that guy, right? Detroit ruined that guy. Yeah, he's yeah, a goaltender. Um, but, but like, so we get Trevor Lawrence. What if, what if you know, okay, so, hey, look, Mac Jones, he looks great in, in New England. How do you think Trevor Lawrence would look in New England? I think he'd probably look pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Well, he'd always look good, but he'd, he'd look. He look better than he does in Jacksonville. Oh, yeah, because that's that whole nurture thing, that whole coach, that staff, the the system around him, the the playing to his strengths. And you get someone like Urban Meyer who has no idea what he's doing, has no idea what he's doing in the NFL. No. Uh, <laughs> how how do you how do you grow a kid? I mean, how do you do? And then is he broken now? Right? Is, I, I hope not. I think he's probably a smarter, no. you know, better kid than that. I, I think he will be okay. I do, but but. Let me ask you about Jared Goff. Yeah. Here's a guy who with McVay, right? He had he he had great talent. He had great talent when he was drafted, right? And people had some questions about the thinking, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? But he had he had great talent and it's something that maybe maybe you could have nurtured into position and then McVay just seemed I feel like if with everything I've seen and heard McVay just killed this guy inside. I and that's a two-way street, though. Like, you also have to be willing to be nurtured by the person that's nurturing you. I think they wound up being a bad personality fit for one another. He wanted to nurture McVeigh's girlfriend? <laughs> oh, pipe was the word he used. <laughs> yes. I, I believe there was some pipe involved. Yeah. He's my um, favorite plumber. <laughs> that's so good. Like... And this is one of the reasons why the interview process is so critical for these teams to get to sit with the guys and and like especially at the quarterback position. So like if you if you're if you see things differently than what your quarterback does, it's not going to work. Uh, and then, then then there's some guys like like Mac Jones. That guy, when you listen to him and you watch him at Alabama and you heard what the Alabama team has said, I'm like. Pressure doesn't bother him. Like, like it, it, it flows off of him. And mm-hmm. that's something I, th- I think the ability to handle pressure both on the field, like when defensive linemen are coming at you and everything and, and they're mixing coverages up, but also in the meeting room, in the huddle, when you got three different wide rece- receivers all yelling at you, dude, I'm open. Give me the ball. Damn it. You, what, what, are you, what are you doing here? Uh, that, that's a pressure, being able to manage that huddle. Being able to manage the coach telling you one thing and the offensive coordinator in your in your other ear when you got the headset on telling you something completely different, you got to process all that instantly. Mac Jones is really good at that, and based every every scouting report said that he's he is going to be good at that. Like that that's like he's got that mental processing ability. Um, it's something that that Russell Wilson was exceptional at. Yes. Like even though he was short, people are like, 
that guy, like, he's unflappable, man. He he absolutely is in command of everything that he wants to do at all times. The, like, Now, let me put, ask you, though. Yeah. That's the nature of Russell Wilson. What about Russell Wilson in the environment of a Matt Patricia team? See, I'm not sure that that would work so well because Pete Carroll is a guy who thrives on pushing leaders. But even be okay, and I, I agree with Matt, you. Matt, Matt, Matt Patricia didn't want leaders. Look at and Matthew that was, Stafford. That was a big problem. Look at Matthew Stafford, who's not like a out there kind of leader, right? He's a kind of more of an introverted yeah, leader yeah, style, yeah, we, right? Yeah, yeah. He, he's he's certainly a leader, but, but not in that manner. But you saw yeah. him scream at the uh, the sky the sideline. Trust me. Trust me, remember, yeah. remember, yep. Matt yes. Patricia doesn't have, I think, as a coach in that team, didn't have the capability. If we'd have got, if we'd have had, you put Trevor Lawrence, you put Russell Wilson, you put Patrick yeah. Mahomes, you put any quarterback yeah. in that position, the environment that he's in is mm-hmm. not going to be conducive to being at the peak and the ability, yeah. delivering at the ability that they yeah. could. Look, look at Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. Perfect example. Yep. They have tailored their offense to what he does well and they support him in what he does well. He does he does things that a lot of other quarterbacks don't try to do, and a lot of offenses, quite frankly, would be scared to death to try. Yeah, yeah. John Harbaugh lets him roll at it, and and look what it's done. The guy's an MVP candidate. He's phenomenal. Yep. He, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's hit a bit of a pass now because people have figured out that Greg Roman's offense is pretty predictable, and you understand what he's going to do. But And Lamar's still thriving in that, in spite of Greg Roman being his offensive coordinator. That, like the those thing are is, the type of things, and, and, and Harbaugh, John Harbaugh. I, I, I don't know about Jim. I won't because he's in, he's in college. It doesn't matter. At the pro level, the ability to manage professionals and treat them both as competitors but also as men is something that's hypercritical for successful head coaches. We saw that Urban Meyer could not do that. I will tell you, I saw that Bill O'Brien in Houston could not do that. That was that was part of the game that just eluded him. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's here's the thinking, I, 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 and then I'll look. I look at Kevin Stefanski with Baker Mayfield, um, and by and large, it's working. Both they, with they've COVID. Got, they they got a lot. Yeah, they got a lot of issues going on right now. But by and large, I think that Baker Mayfield has been maxed out by what Kevin Stefanski, being an empathetic teacher and and treating him the way that he needed to be treated, rather than the way that Matt Patricia would handle him or the way that. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other bad coaches. So, um, but, but but this is the the, the point. That I think the big yeah. thing is is the environment in which these guys are in is just as much a part of them being successful as yeah. their ability and, as yeah. a quarterback. And, 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 and you're going and and I know you're talking. You're talking more than wins and losses here. You're talking about the the culture of the team, the strengths and weaknesses of the coach and the coaching staff, um, and having the the support system around, having the ability to. Like if the quarterback sees something that he doesn't like, like hey, hey, coach, I, you know, having the confidence in himself and the, the the understanding and trust that what he says, like the coach isn't going to take it as an affront. He's going to take it as like, as like, okay, all right, I should, I should probably listen to this and and maybe process it in and, and figure out what, what what he's saying. And Matt Patricia is not a guy that would do that. Um, uh, now let me Matt ask Nagy, you. Matt Nagy certainly not a guy who do that. Mike McCarthy in Dallas when he was in Green Bay was certainly not a guy who could do that. That's why he's in and Dallas Matt and not Nagy, in Green Bay anymore. If, if Matt Nagy lives another year in Chicago. Justin Fields may be. I, I feel terrible for Justin yep, Fields. Yep, he I may do. never um, re- realize. And the same thing, you know, they, they, the knock is on Ohio State quarterbacks, right? But look where they've landed. Look at the nature of the places they've landed. Now, here's the question, and this is how it all ties back to the Lions, okay? Right? Yeah. I'm not wrong about that. Yep. Um, when you think about the Lions, and we're talking about we need a quarterback. We need a quarterback. we got to take 
Malik Willis, right? We got to take, we got to take whatever a quarterback, right? Somebody. Whoever, yeah. Yeah. Is this the right environment? Is the nature correct in Detroit for a quarterback? For, we'll just pretend for Trevor Lawrence to come to Detroit and be successful right now. I think our head coach is good. I think we've got a culture that we're building here. We don't have the talent to support him. That's going to be a negative. And what do we have as an offensive coordinator? That's a big, hairy question mark. Yeah. Right. And, and that's going to be really, really important in the development right. of whoever this person is. As I think forward and, and think about what we're doing at the quarterback position, I, I think of the money. I think of this nature and nurture thing and what it, you know, how a quarterback fits and how it works. It pushes me more and more and more to say we're going to see Jared Goff this year because we have to figure out what we're doing at offensive coordinator. We need a year with him in now, the culture. Here's in the, here's, the, the here's the rub. You cannot have the offensive coordinator come in understanding that, hey, you have to make it work with Jared Goff. And that's my concern mm. that Brad Holmes is going to do that because he's invested so much of his own personal reputation in, for in making Jared Goff work. You're going to sign a three-year um, contract. I, you have to make it work with Jared Goff for a year. Right. Um, but you're getting your toy I, if next if, year if, because you have no wide receivers. Now you have no anything else. We're going to start getting you things to play with this year, and you're just going to live and, with and, Goff. And um, as, as you know, and everybody in the cycles, I expect them to be very prominent players and free agency at wide receiver. I expect at least one who will start next year. I expect them to draft at least one who will be in the top three as yep. well, yep. Uh, along with, with Amon Ra. I think, and I, I do think you're going to see Quintus Cephas come back and have a bit of a role because I think he deserves it, yep. um, presuming he's healthy. But yeah, that. I don't want the offensive. I don't want offensive coordinator candidates for this team from the outside to be like ah, either sold or rebuffed by the fact that Jared Goff is on the team. And right. I, I am worried that's going to happen. That and that that's that's just my own. I'm not. And here's here's where. Okay, I, good. And the reason why because they're going to talk to this offensive coordinator and say, "Look, I got five years left of my deal. My GM, he's got five years left in his deal. We knew this was a long term thing." We're signing you to a three-year deal, right? Year one, you're going to have golf, but you saw what we had at wide receiver last year. We've got to get – we don't have the ammo to get all the talent we need in year one. You're going to help us get the people that's going to help golf get better. And then once we're out from under that con contract and there's a better crop of quarterbacks out there, you're going to help – you're going to get the play thing that you want, right? You're good, we're, going to have, we're going to have enough ammo – to get the quarterback we want in 2023, and he'll then have the weapons in place with a year of experience. I think that's the sales pitch to your offensive coordinator. You can you can build something in your image with us, and it's a long-term play rather than you're going to come in and win today with Jared Goff. I don't think that's the expectation. I hope so. I My worry, though, is that, like, they're going to use like, hey, we got your golf here. Like, come, come work with this. And that might be like, I don't, I don't know, man. I, don't know. <laughs> I, 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 and, and again, I, I have no reason to believe that they're going to do that. But other than just life as a Lions fan for X amount of years. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and the experience of this organization mishandling things in the past. Um, mm -hmm. I, I wonder, um, and it's, it's not, and it is something actually that a couple of different people tried to ask Jared Goff softly early on was how amenable he would be to being a quote unquote bridge. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and he, no one says I'm happy to do that. No one thinks that Jared Goff, Jared Goff really, says that. Nobody else says that. <laughs> 
Jared Goff was really good and smart at, at deflecting that question away. But um, uh, it's one of the reasons why they realized that they had to move off from Stafford was because the organization flat out asked him that. And he's like, hell no. Nope. Nope. Not going to do it. Yep. No interest in that. Yep. Um, and and Goff being who he is, he's a, he's a confident guy. He's a prideful guy. Um, he's also not an idiot. Not not mm-hmm. that Stafford was, but I think he he would understand like, okay, this is probably my best chance to stick in the NFL um, because I I don't know if there's going to be a big clamoring for Jared Goff if if the Lions get rid of him after 2022. Maybe maybe he realizes that okay, I gotta I gotta take massive pay cut. I gotta swallow some humble pie, but I can be the guy who helps whoever um, Bryce Young, who I think is going to be. I, I don't think people realize how small he is, and I think that's going to be something that comes up. Or, or C.J. Stroud or um, Yurkovich from Boston College, who I think is going to get a lot of run next mm-hmm. year in the way that Kenny Pickett is right now for Pittsburgh. My, my, my uh, pop pie thrower? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the DMs were lit, baby. Uh, <laughs> you threw me off now. Um, but I, I – can you sell Goff? Because one of the things that we've learned this year from the New York Jets is that if you've got a young quarterback like Zach Wilson, a guy who needs a hell of a lot of nurturing, and your head coach is a defensive head coach, and your quarterback's coach has never played quarterback or coached quarterbacks before, and you don't have a veteran presence in there, your backup quarterback is the guy who's fighting for his job for him. <laughs> um, you can't do that. Like, like they've mishandled the quarterback as badly as possible. I was not a Zach Wilson guy. He was not one of my top 100 players this past year. And I take no pride in seeing him wallow in the way he has because they badly mishandled it. They don't have any concept of the nurture part of that. Yeah. I love being wrong about those things. I love being wrong about players like that, that I I, I write off and they come back and they're superstars. Hell yeah. Those are the best stories, I think, actually. uh, Devondre Campbell, the linebacker for the Packers. Um, I, I, I had that interaction with him at a Shrine game practice. Uh, because when he came out of Minnesota, I I, I had I'm a dog on him. I'm like, why aren't you better? Um, and then at Shrine Game practices, he was better, and it, like, it was like an epiphany to me. Like, holy crap, he didn't fit what they wanted him to do. Like, like it, I needed that slap in the face, and now now Your he's guy. he's <laughs> like like he he's been phenomenal for yeah. Green Bay. Yeah. Like he's been exactly what they need. And this was a guy that I wanted the Lions to sign instead of Alex Anzalone. I'm happy with Anzalone. I think he gets unduly dogged. Um, by both PFF and the general fan base. I think he's better than both of those think he is. Mm-hmm. Um, could he be better? Yes. But, you know, I, I, I love I love the late career success stories. The, the Saints have one at off-ball linebacker, Demario Davis, a guy who couldn't play for the Jets, who couldn't play for the Browns. He winds up getting where he needed to be at the right place and the right time. They understood how to use him to, to nurture at a different position. Yep. Um, and, and now they've got a phenomenal 32-year-old off-ball linebacker that, you know, you want to draft in the first round? Uh, <laughs> I still have the thumbnail of you, of the guy holding the knife. Don't draft an off-ball linebacker in the first round. <laughs> that's a great rant. Oh my god, that's uh, yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk about drafting linebackers later. But that those are the kind of things like to 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 expand upon your nurture point. Like you gotta you gotta understand that there are going to be some players who need that more than others. Zach Wilson. Anybody who who talked to him for even five seconds was was like, okay, that that kid needs he needs he needs Marvin Lewis, mm. he needs 
Pete Carroll. He needs somebody who's been there before, somebody who's going to be able to slap him, but also pick him right back up yeah. um, and, and teach him how to slap somebody else. Show him how to kick uh, him and, in the leg. And he and he he did not get that. And Robert Sala, um, Sala, I think I, I think it's way too early to judge him as a head coach overall, just as it is with Dan Campbell, because he doesn't have anything to work with, mm-hmm. just as Dan Campbell does. Yeah. But I don't think he's handled that aspect of the job as well as Dan Campbell has. Yeah. And that's why I'm – whether they bring a quarterback in this year or not, whether they wait another year, I'm I'm really, really happy with how Dan Campbell and how his staff that he's assembled and chose to put together, um, how they see things that way. Like, we are here to make you better. We are here to try and help you maximize what you can do for us, but also for yourself. Yep. And that's something that's been a big selling point. I will say this. Um, I, I, I did an interview. I interviewed Craig Reynolds yesterday. I did it for Alliance Wire. And the, and the interview, the excerpts of it are up. Um, he didn't want to go on camera. I don't blame him for that. I, it's all good. Uh, but uh, Just took a look, a look for it. <laughs> I, I interviewed Craig. Um, and one of the things that I asked him was, you know, like, does, does it appeal? Like, in the situation he's in, as a guy who's been on three different practice squads in two years, uh, d- does that appeal to you the 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 combination of coaching that you're getting in Detroit? Um, and he and I left I left it off the record because some of his answer was a little more specific and pointed than I needed it to be. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it is something that he greatly appreciates. Um, and and then we wound up talking about Jamal Williams. <laughs> Jamal Williams is absolutely a selling point for the team, <laughs> and I hope that he's back. And I can tell you that, that Craig hopes he's back, and Deuce Daly hopes he's back too. <laughs> I think everybody, including Jamal, wants to be back. I want Jamal I, back. I would agree, I would agree with that. Uh, uh, the the way that Craig talked about him as a leader around the entire team, and I've heard it from another person that I that I talked to behind the scenes. The like, like they're a, they're a much better team because Jamal Williams is on it. Aside from what he does on the field, mm-hmm. and the, the, those are the kind of guys who have been attracted to the Dan Campbell experience, and that makes me very happy. Yep. So we'll talk more with Mark Schofield, but I think as we yeah, talk we about, will. we got to get that quarterback and or don't get the quarterback. Think about the. I keep saying nature. I was getting flipped up when I was talking about it earlier. The nurture, the environment of nurture that exists, and mm-hmm. how will we grow this quarterback? Justin Fields is in a situation where he could be so much better in a better situation, and this may cost him a career. Um, it may stunt his initial growth. We'll see yeah. what Justin Fields becomes. It's an interesting story, but that environment is not a good environment for what for what they need out of him. Is Detroit a good environment? especially for the level of talent that these quarterbacks are this year coming out. Is this the place to land one of those guys and say, we're going to bet three years or four years on him? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. So it's just something to think about. We'll talk more about it. Yeah, yeah, we will. Um, And and you and I both haven't looked in depth at the quarterbacks yet and and the scouting and all that. I've watched them. I have initial opinions for them, but I'm certainly not sold on who's quarterback one and who's quarterback five on the up in the air. It all starts for me. Uh, right I, I will say I am not a Malik Willis guy, and, and nothing that I see in Mobile will change my mind on that either. <laughs> well, my mind can be changed, but gosh, uh, no, I, I like literally since today was my last day of work till January fourth every year. This is when I start doing my work, start doing my homework, start looking at, at, at these kinds of things. So start forming opinions, and by the time we get you to break Mobile, out the, the Metallica ready. old thing, live shit, binge and purge. It was, <laughs> it was the cult <laughs> love removal machine. <laughs> <laughs> so 
true story. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, as as I accepted the Zoom invite, we record this on Zoom. Um, I, I tune in, and Chris has the cult blasting, <laughs> and I'm like, I love the cult. I, I love the cult. And we wound up talking about the cult's disc- discography and what what their good periods and what their bad periods were. Yes. Uh, um, if my friend Mark is out there, Mark, I know you're a massive, massive, massive Billy Duffy fan. So this this conversation is for you, buddy. There you go, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Really quick. Um, as we talk about this, we talk about uh, Mobile coming up, uh, the Senior Bowl. There's, we'll have a lot for you. We've got a lot going on there. We will be doing our thing. Uh, I also want to talk about uh, it's that time of year, that season, and the things need squeezing, as we say. Um, head on over to Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com, Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Get all your stuff. It takes you right to the site. It just gives a cookie along the way and lets them know that you came from here, and they give us a piece of Bezos pie. They don't charge you anything more, but because you went there through our little link, they say, oh, we'll give a little bit back to the podcast. It's a great way to help us out by doing something you were going to do anyway, and uh, you can rock and roll through the holiday that way. All right. Uh, also, I have an announcement. Breaking news. You're not the only one with breaking news, Riz. The Sunday post-game show this week, my co-host, Ash, can't make it. Sandman's going to be at the game. I'm like, oh, no, what do I do? Riz can't do it because he's got a real job where he actually writes about this stuff. You may have heard of this guy. He goes by the name Case. It looks like we'll know 100% for sure tomorrow. He will be the co-host on Sunday for the post-game show. So a drunken case will be joining us, it looks like. So good times. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, good time. It's good. That's awesome. He is our villain man. <laughs> All right, let's uh, look ahead to the Cardinals. Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Look ahead to the Cardinals. Um, I told you the Broncos were a trap game. The Lions, after that big win in Minnesota, they were looking past the Broncos. They were looking to the Cardinals. I mean, they knew they were in it, and they fell for it. The oldest trick in the book. They fell for the trap game and brought it against the Broncos. Uh. All right, the cards. Let's just start. Let's just straight up, okay? The Lions are most likely have no chance of winning this game. The cards, although they lost against the Rams, are still the best in the NFC, right? No, Green Bay passed them. Green Bay. So they're second best in the NFC. Yeah, Yeah, they were the first team in the NFL to 10 wins. Now, let me give you the transitive property, though. The Lions almost beat the Rams at SoFi. The Rams beat the Cardinals at Cardinal Place. <laughs> I forget how tall I have. Is it the, the University of Phoenix Stadium the, now? The, the movie, the movie, the movie field inside know. outside thing. They're coming here since we almost beat the Rams, who did beat them. They're coming to our place. We may have a chance. Is that is that the transitive property of mathematics? Is that how it works? I think that's what Einstein pro- proved. For I us. think so. Yeah, probably. Yeah, like, like, yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> so anytime during this game, if you're at Ford Field, it's a great time to go get a giant pretzel. Don't worry about it. <laughs> just just enjoy. Have a good time. Um, just De- don't throw it. <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins is out. That's actually really, really good news for us, especially after the news of Jerry. Yeah, Jerry. They, they throw the ball around a lot, but they throw to the red zone. They throw to, to Hopkins quite a bit. Yeah. And uh, as you know, I, I have to say it, he is um, pound for pound my top wide receiver in the NFL and that they will miss him in the red zone. They do have other options. Christian Kirk's good. A.J. Green had a nice touchdown the other night. They, they still have. Have you noticed Larry Fitzgerald hasn't done shit this year? Got that going for us, too. Oh, look at those straws. Let me see if I can. Get 
God. <laughs> they, uh, it sounds like Chase Edmonds will be back for them. They're running back, so they have a one-two combination now with James Conner, who wears mm. number six, and that really pisses me off. Conner looks good, too, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He looked really good against the Rams. God dang it. That one-handed stab that he made. You know he's going to look good against the Lions. He's he's the kind of back that will just beat this Lions lineup. I hate that. that. He is. He's a guy that doesn't hesitate. He just goes. Mm -hmm. And those are the kind of guys that give the Lions problems. Mm -hmm. Like, like, look, the line is 13 and a half right now. That's that's a lot. Uh, It's – it. are there paths for the Lions to win this? Of course, yeah. Not. Any given Sunday, yeah, there are, there are, there. Any given Sunday can happen. It would. One of the things that that we've talked about and that Dan Campbell talks about a lot is that the margin of error for that to happen is so small that everything's going to have to break just right. Um, you know, Riley Patterson's going to have to hit hit a fifty six yard field goal. Oh, by the way, kicker's perfect since he came to Detroit. I'm happy about that. Yeah, yeah very yeah, good yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, that the, they're. They might have found a kicker, maybe. Fingers crossed. The next Eddie Murray, Jason Hansen. Yeah, Matt Prater. That'd be great. Oh, Matt, Matt Prater's coming. <laughs> yes, he is. Uh, he is. He'll be. He'll be back. Wouldn't uh, that be great if he missed one? I love Prater, though. I can't. I can't dog on him. I love. We always, I, I hope the fans are good to Matt Prater. I'll tell you what. When he, we went to the game here in Tampa, and we had really good seats before the game, he came by. He signed. He just walked down, signed everybody's everything. The kid next to my son, he gave him a ball. I was like, oh, damn that kid. Because if he wasn't there, my son would have got it right. But he was the most wonderful, kind, great guy. Just awesome. Just really awesome. He's he's I, one of those guys that appreciates where he's at because it was taken away from him for a time. Do you think it's the time now to break out that picture? You know the one before the, before this I week. Do you know the one? We can no, really we we could we could give ourselves a little advantage here. We're we're, we're going to sit on that for a little while. But if we're going yeah. to use, this is the time, right? We can. Affect it it the would game. be the time. Now I'm I'm not I would I would refrain from doing that. Thank you very much. Um, you know the uh, picture right away. I didn't yes, even. yes, I do. I, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Um, playing a little little inside baseball there. Um, yeah, uh, I. I don't see a way realistically that the Lions – I think – I honestly, I think it will go the way that, that last week did. I think the first half will be close. I think they'll come out and be competitive, and then I think that the Cardinals will show you why they're a playoff team and why they're a legit Super Bowl contender, mm-hmm. and the Lions will show you why they're in competition for the number one overall pick. It's just a, that stark discrepancy of talent um, on both sides of the ball, especially with all the injuries and COVID that's going around Detroit right now that isn't going around Arizona – or Florida. It, yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it's asking a hell of a lot for this Lions team to pull this upset. Can they do it? Sure. Am I going to root for it? Hell yeah, I am. I want to see it happen, but I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm going into this game with the attitude that, um, sort of like last week, I want to see guys do something to capture my attention positively. And guys did that. Craig Reynolds did that last week. God. 83 carries on 11 yards, on 83 yards on 11 carries, that 35 yard run. That's a guy. That's an NFL running back. If if he doesn't make it in Detroit, somebody else needs to hire that guy because that guy can play. And if I'm happy you, for him. If you were in the Patreon Slack, Patreon.com/slash Detroit Lions Podcast, you'd have known COVID was breaking out hours before anybody else did. You'd have known Craig Reynolds was going to be called up days before he was called up. You would have known that he was going to be featured quite a bit in that game as well. 
But you weren't there, were you? So you didn't know. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. All the Chris dust. <laughs> yeah. Um, Craig, Craig, by the way, is another really easy guy to root for. And uh, oh. I'm, I'm very, very happy for him. He was a very good interview. He was a good sport. We actually had to postpone it. He wasn't a um, great sport. For, First, first, first on his end, and then on my end, because uh, our schedules wound up not not crossing the way that they were supposed to. But he was very gracious in doing it. And we can uh, do phone interviews I, too, you know, Craig. I know, yeah, I know. He, he's aware of that too. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it was really good. And uh, check that out at Lions Wire. Um, yeah, it was a great article. Most, it was great. Most most of what we talked about was on it. Um, I actually wound up having a really good conversation at the end about the D2 football playoffs with him because <laughs> he's a D2 guy. He went to Cutstown. Um, he was actually at the Ferris State Grand Valley game. He came out that was, that was during the Lions bye week, um, their first meeting, not their, not their playoff meeting, but their other one. Uh, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is great. So we wound up talking some D2 football for a while. This guy, he's he, he's stuff. a fun one. It, it, it's really cool that this Lions team affords guys like him, guys like Jerry, guys like AJ Parker, guys like Ryan McCollum, opportunities like that. Like Ryan didn't have a great game, quite mm-hmm. frankly, in mm-hmm. his first start. I'll tell you, um, my my brother was a D three national champion. Really nice. I'll be that's good. I'll be in the big run years there. Defensive end. Yep, yep, yep. Good times. They, 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 they were the, what conference is that? Is that the MIAA? Yes. Yep. They were the MIAA's representative in the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that because Hope College is right there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be at one of their basketball games soon. <laughs> there you go. No, it's good. It's good to talk to football. It's always it good was. to talk to football with people who have played at a high level. And, um, and and getting getting the perspective that he had on the coaches. I let some of that on the record. Some of it's off the record, but it's... It's really nice to hear from everywhere, both on and off the record, that the players love and respect what Dan Campbell is doing. Mm-hmm. Because we have seen the opposite of that. Um, and uh, I'll give Kyle Mikey from MLive a little bit of a plug here because he, he retweeted it today because he was going through reminiscing on um, on the Urban Meyer thing. And he, he went back and, and retweeted what he wrote when Matt Patricia got fired. And it was... It was biting. That's that's Kyle's style. Um, and that that's good, by the Starkey. way. Uh, that, that that's intended as a compliment, Kyle, um, and all the people who will ferry this information to him. I like Kyle. He knows that. But it was it was really illuminative how players were out on him right away, and we all sort of knew it, but we didn't want to believe it. Mm-hmm. And I think that is one of the reasons why those of us in the media are probably higher on Dan Campbell than what the general Lions population is. When we see the mistakes that he's making, and we're, we're a little more willing to overlook those because we understand that it can be much, much worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, even and, beyond that, I mean, understanding the context. And this is where, you know. The context has to matter, Chris. It I, has to. Well, and, and when Dan Campbell was first hired and Brad Holmes was first hired, you know, I keep referring to this about uh, who's in charge. Is 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 Rod Wood doing football? There's a little bit of that that came out of the Matt Patricia era, right? They it's yes. it's like a bunch of kicked dogs, right? Yeah. It was also a lack of knowledge. It was it was just they didn't have the you know ignorance, and I don't mean it in a yeah. bad way, right? The, just the organizational ignorance. transparency wasn't there. Well, and and ignorance about leadership. And this type of leadership, just just straight ignorance. Yeah. They didn't have the the, the, the life experience, right? And I, and again, I don't mean ignorance in a bad way. It's just not right. having yeah. the life experience. And one of the key things of journalists need to cover things appropriately is life, life experience and perspective. 
if you've never seen something, it's hard to have perspective on it. And especially coming out of what they came out of, a skewed perspective, you know, to start with. So, I mean, I don't give them a pass on it, but I, I think the it was because the problem was, and this this is indicative of what's going on in the media right now, uh, in, 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 in not just here, but around, everybody followed everybody else. Everybody bit onto that story and shook it. No, there was no unique take there. It's like somebody said, is Rod one in charge of football? And then everybody's talking about it. Every media outlet, they're all breathing their own air, <laughs> suffocating each other with, you know, Rod one's doing football. It's a, it's a failure already. Right? No, 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 no. That's, that's not what's happening. You, you don't understand what's happening. And because you don't know, you found a take and you've all jumped on that take rather than actually. And this is the thing, I, you know, Riz, I'm about when there was competition between the papers and there was circulation. I know this is so old school, like 1940s. There was camaraderie, right? There was collegial kind of respect, but there was also you know, they called the guy Scoop. Why? Because he would get the story. You tried to be Scoop, right? You tried to have a story, an angle that nobody knew. What you didn't want to do is, oh, my God, we're talking about Rod Wood. He's doing football. Everybody's spewing the same garbage because you didn't break anything. You didn't learn anything. You didn't develop anything. You didn't do anything except put words on a screen somewhere. And that's the thing that bothers me about it, right? They're not bad. They're not bad writers, right? And and they've gotten better. But that was a space that was a bad space for them because they were they they fell into a trap that kind of exposed a weakness and and then kind of the response to that weakness. I was there's and you know who the guys are that I have the ultimate respect for and 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 I, I think you respect them just as much as I do. You I do. I, mean? I do. They do real news. <laughs> All right. With that. Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com, CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com, coupon code LIONS, um, DetroitLionsPodcast.com slash store. Get yourself get the, the coolest. Look, that is so <laughs> sweet. Suitcase, cabinet, it's, it's perfect. It's, it's fits on. It's got all the cool How, how many footballs can you fit in there? Oh, my God. Ten? Like... Okay, 10, All right. maybe 15, All right. depending. Are they Brady footballs or are they standard inflation size? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, it's 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 the maximum size, Karen. It's awesome, and it's not a, a huge thing. Awesome. Check it out. Also, we'll we'll call that a week. This is a good show. I appreciate it. The, the quarterback conversation, We want to. I want to continue that, Riz, with Schofield and some other people. Oh, we're going to be talking a lot about quarterbacks in the coming nine months, <laughs> that, Seven, six months. The, by the way, the, the draft is – uh, six uh, less than six months away. I think it's like five months away. There you go. Senior Bowl is a month away, brother. I can't wait for that. That's I. I, I have just I reconfirmed all my travel. I am I'm driving down uh, on December on January, the last day of January. Got I'll it. be there. Got it. Um, combat sack. Tim Twentyman pitches the softest balls. The presser. Remember, I, I like Tim. Tim's a nice guy. He's a really good guy. He works for the company though. He does. He is, you know, I don't look Tim Twentyman's a journalist by training. And prior to this role, I would absolutely yes, he say is. he's a journalist, right? He is a reporter that's paid by the company, right? It's media relations ish. It's I don't know what I mean. He, I forget he what they has, call the role, but it's, you know, you, you he has an, um, a conflict. If you want, if you're looking for unbiased journalism, you'd say he has a conflict of interest. He doesn't because he's an employee and they, they make it clear. Right. And right? he doesn't, he doesn't present himself as anything other than that either. If you're interpreting that he should be that, 
you're probably not understanding his job. Yeah. That, that, yeah. that's different. Um, I will say they do not plant things for Tim. Tim does create those things on yep. his own. He, uh, yep. he, he has a pretty good sense. Like, like he's there all the time. He understands which buttons to push to get different things out. Yep. Um, Mike O'Hara is the same way. Mike Love O'Hara, Mike. one of the, God. one of the greatest reporters. He also is, he, his paychecks come from the Detroit Lions. So when you hear him asking questions, don't expect him to be confrontational. Don't expect him to negative have anything about players. <laughs> right. Exactly. That, that, that's, that's the role they're in. That's their job. Um, if, it, it's the job of, of other people to maybe, you know, take things in different directions. Yeah. 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 And I think I got to check real quick. I think the anchor bar closed in Detroit. I don't remember, but that used to be the play. No, it's still there. Oh my God. Is it? Yeah. I've, I, that's, it's like a dream. Anchor bar is a place where a lot of the, the, the folks went, uh, the news folks went. Mike, I have so much respect for Mike O'Hara. I, when I was in Michigan and we went to Miller's the last time, I was um, ahead of the radio on and I heard his voice. And I immediately, I was like, that's, that's Mike O'Hara. I know it. I know it. Yeah. yeah. I love, Instantly. I love Mike. I would love to hear some of his stories about the competition in the media and the way it was and how it's evolved. I think he would probably be less critical. Maybe he wouldn't. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't want to put anything in his mouth or any words in his mouth. I think he would be less critical about the evolution and where things are than maybe I am. Maybe I'm just nostalgic for like, you know, the guy with the fedora with the card that's in press, right? I don't know. Like the old movies, the old black and whites, right? But that felt so much more newsy to me and like, yeah, like real. Yeah. It just feels manufactured now and it's just frustrating. Yeah. So I, I, God, I'd love to have that conversation with him. Uh, he's, he's an interesting guy. I don't know him well. Um, I, I have a working relationship with him. Um, I have been at a dinner that he was at, um, and I sat there and I didn't say hardly a word because there was like there was like ten people there. I'm mm-hmm. just like um, I, I'm clearly the the last invitee here. <laughs> so I'm, gonna, I'm here because like, someone couldn't I'm, make it. <laughs> I, yeah, uh, like I, I know my place. Okay, I, I, I'll, I'll just watch and observe. Uh, and it was a great time. But yeah, he, both he and Tim have stronger opinions. Mm-hmm. About things, they are critical at times. They will be quite critical off the record at times. Yeah. Uh, but that is not their job uh, to be anything other than what they are. Um, so don't hold that against them. They're, look, it's tough to keep a paycheck in this industry. If that's what they got to do to keep their paycheck, that there ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I wonder, last time I was 20 minute Tory, I didn't see Mike down there at, in Mobile. I don't know if Mike goes there. Mike goes to the combine every year, um, and he will. Uh, uh, that, that's actually where I, I spend most of the time with him. I will stand next to him um, in front of press conferences when when uh, the GM and and coach are speaking, um, because you want to be next to Mike because they always defer to Mike, yeah. um, and and everybody in the Detroit media throng will defer to Mike. Yeah. Like if Mike has a question, Mike asks the question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's like the um, the patron saint of the. Of the room, yeah. Know. I mean, he, he's earned that. He's yeah. been around. He's he's like the the professor emeritus of just of of Detroit Lions. Emeritus, wow, very nice. Mm. Patron saint, professor emeritus. God, this guy, we're writing his uh his retirement speech. Love you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike, we do love you. Be good. Keep doing your thing, man. All right, remember, don't forget about us on Patreon. Patreon dot com slash Detroit Lions podcast. All one word, Detroit Lions podcast. Patreon dot com slash. Uh, get access to the Slack chat. I'll tell you straight up. There's all kinds of insider stuff. There's all kinds of great conversation, um, especially in the off season. If you if you like talking, by the way, if you hate me, 
it's a good place to go and slam me. Because <laughs> <laughs> you will have some people who help you. <laughs> Little's it, 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 it's done... It's done in a fun and non mean spirited way, and I appreciate that. But yeah, oh there, there's people that bust my balls in there all the time. I love it. Yeah, I need it. I, I deserve mean, it sometimes. They're sharpshooters. Uh, really quick, I got a report on this. Stuff's breaking all over the place. <laughs> it took a second there. Uh, Chris Burke just tweeted, and this is this is a gut punch. Sorry, uh, they can they continue there, Jared. Hawkinson's inevitable inevitable shift to injured reserve will leave the Lions with about forty eight million of their cap on IR. And they're carrying $65 million in dead money. Just ridiculous stuff. We started the season talking about that. It's only worse. It's only getting worse. You're talking $113 million. $113 million in guys that just aren't there. On a $180 million cap, right? So you're talking about you've got... $181.5 million yeah, or something so like that. So you're talking about like a $65, $68 million roster. Oh how do you how do you feel the team? It's a third. You've got a third of the money to feel the roster with. Go. Yeah, and and like look at look at the quality of players. That is. Frank Ragnow is your best player on offense. Mm-hmm. TJ Hawkinson with with Panay Sewell is probably your second best player on your offense. Mm-hmm. Certainly your best weapon. Mm-hmm. You know Tyrell Williams, who you brought in to be your number one receiver, he's gone. Yeah. DeAndre Swift in and out of the lineup. Jamal Williams in and out of the lineup all the time. Trey Flowers, your most expensive player on defense, gone. Yeah. Uh, so many Okuda gone. Uh, And by the way, that did break in the Slack for me. That's where I found it. Thanks. Thanks. Every team has injury issues, but when you are of limited talent and you're trying to build something, they take on a different role than they would if this was the, uh, if this was the Broncos, because the Broncos have survived some injuries this year and they've gotten some guys back and you're seeing how they navigate that. That's uh, the Lions. They're not. They're not in a position to weather that kind of storm. They're just not. No, no, they're not. All right. So patreoncom slash Detroit Lions podcast. Get access to the Slack. Greatest, greatest stuff there. Also follow us on the Twitter machine at det Lions podcast. Det Lions podcast. Go there right now. Hit the follow button. Also at Jeff Risden, as you see spelled right there. Uh, give us a call via Skype. Detroit Lions podcast. All one word. Detroit Lions podcast. Or call us in the Lions line at nine two nine three three Lions. It's nine two nine three three five four six six seven, and be sure to go to Detroit Lions Podcast. <laughs> be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast. Why? So we can come into your ear holes automatically. All right. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions Podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems. Because case is coming back on Sunday, and we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And there's my lion. Good grief. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.